Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, Dr. Paula Price. Glad to be here today. Prophet Ashley Claytor, ah. AIT. AIT. Yes, I love it. I thank God for today. It's beautiful. It's not ridiculously hot here in Tulsa. Huh, so far. Yeah, it's, it's getting there. <laughs> you know, Tulsa does that on us. But I also want to say welcome to all of us. Hey, I'm excited today because. We are growing, we're getting bigger, we are scripturally organic, culturally unmodified, and we have people coming home to Tulsa. Right. I am excited about that. You know, I, I kind of tell you, <clears throat> when God wants a thing, and somebody listening to me today needs to hear this, when God wants a thing, God gets what he wants, and if you don't leave, before he finishes his plan, every word of the Lord will come to pass in your life, and it will not miss you because you will be in the place where he ordained it to come to pass. Huh. I thought that was good. He said that again. Because you know what? Yeah, you, every word of God, if you don't leave, if you don't flee, if you don't allow your impatience, and frustrations to drive you out of your place of blessing, you will know every word of God will come to pass in your life because the word of God cannot fall to the ground unfulfilled. But it will, when it falls to the ground, it will fulfill itself with whomever is standing there. And some of you all are upset with God. I mean, y'all, are, you guys are hot with the Lord. Well, I've been waiting, and I've been waiting, and I've been waiting, and I've been waiting. You know, with God, life is a waiting game. You have got to get good at waiting and good at waiting in faith. And you've got to get good at waiting as while you are waiting through the trials and tribulations to get you ready for the blessing. Now, God is in a harvest mode right now. And I mean, harvest is on the horizon. And so <clears throat> some of you all are going to walk away and say, you know what, I, I left Christianity, I left Jesus Christ and all of that because I tried and it didn't work. Well, you tried your way. However you feel about God does not mean that's how God is. Many times, many times, many, many times, we impose our feelings and sentiments regarding God or regarding our life on God's pure character. God is working on his own practices, his own policies, because he's tried them. He's trying you with what he tried on himself. So your trials are true because they're going to bring out his fruit. They're going to bring out his harvest. Some of you all, you have walked away from works that just took too long to grow. 
You walked away from ministers that took too long to enter their day. You walked away from relationships that just did not turn the way you wanted it. You walked away from jobs and businesses because you didn't want to fight the good fight. And you are right now on your knees. Some of you are in a fast talking about what God has to do. You're going to compel God to do it on your terms. And God cannot do that on your terms. If you're taking notes today, I want you to write that down. God can never do God on your terms. Your life's too short, your power's too weak, and you're mortal. So you are not necessarily his best standard, but he is yours. So as we go forward in the future, we have to recognize that a lot of your blessings are behind you, and the reason you never saw them is because you left the place where the rain came, or you left before they were fulfilled because you felt like you had enough time. Well, I've given this thing three years. Well, I've given this thing four years. Some of you all, I gave it four months. Hallelujah. And so the Holy Spirit would say to you today, for those of you who are ready to exit before the harvest, make sure you're exiting to where your harvest is going to prosper and flourish, not from where God is sending you. Because blessings don't always chase you down. Sometimes blessings just come down. Blessings don't always chase you where you want to be. You know, the blessings of God are not like your home address. You know, people have to find your address. But God needs to find your faith and your seed, your ground. And so he's talking to me today about miracles. I mean, God is getting ready to move miraculously in the earth. I'm telling you, this thing is so hot on him, he talks about it all day long. God is about to move miraculously. The thing is, you know, you've heard harvest. Somebody here, I'm going to go there say, Dr. Price, go on, because we know you're going to go. Go on. Okay, I got the waves. Go on. There you go. I got the prophet's waves. So God wants you to recognize that the harvest will come on whatever you sow. And that's where you get frustrated. The harvest will come on all seeds. All seeds bring forth harvest, even weeds. So the harvest will come on whatever you sowed. I've been on this journey for the last several weeks, Prophet, talking about if you need to make reparations, make reparations. If you need to get for, seek forgiveness, seek forgiveness. If you need to forgive people, forgive them, because all of that will bring forth a harvest, my brothers, my sisters, my family. It will bring forth a harvest. We always, you, you hear the pulpit, and because we are optimist-minded, you know, we're a good news club, that we think that the harvest on, on, on other stuff is not going to happen, only the harvest on our good intentions. Harvest is on intentions, always, good, bad, or ugly. And so I need to encourage you, if you've got to make reparations, I want you to understand that some of your businesses fail because you caused ministries to fail. Some of your marriages broke down because you broke down marriages, or you interfered, or you got in, in, into a covenant, and, or even a, a, a group thing or somebody that God wanted. You have to make sure that God does not want that thing to be. Because when God wants something to be, he, he deals with all of the interferers. 
You have to know that I'm, I'm, I'm heading toward a place of wisdom in this discussion today, but I want you to think differently. You know, the whole idea of being a thought leader is to help people think differently, and a godly thought leader is going to help you think differently by thinking like God. God says, I know the thoughts that I think of you. You know, to, he said to do you good and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. So God's thoughts are very different. He said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. The whole training thing in God, the whole teaching thing in God, the whole learning and nurturing and developing thing in God is to learn to think his thoughts because as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. What does God think about God and how contrary are your thoughts concerning him? I don't know about anybody else, but that was good. Okay, because God thinks highly of God. God doesn't think anything that happened in your life was his fault or wrong. That's scary. Now, isn't that scary? I promise you, I've I've been on this journey, and God doesn't think anything that happened in your life is his fault or wrong. Write that down. This is a super class on the mind of God. So you literally have got to reconcile if God thinks that it was not wrong and he definitely doesn't feel like it's his fault, then you have got to find out where the fault lies and how it turned out wrong. And then you have to reconcile whether or not the wrong that happened is wrong because it was what you didn't want or unexpected or out of your control or if it was wrong because got a result that God didn't want. You know, I love working for this man. I rejoice every time I get a chance to talk about our Lord, our Savior. Every time I get ready to teach, counsel, pray, minister, I absolutely adore him. His mind is so beautiful to me. His thoughts are amazing. His ways, his wisdom and rationale, they click. And I realize he conformed me into a very compatible vessel of his wisdom. And that's what I want to do for you. So God doesn't think it's wrong. I don't care how atrocious it was. He, I don't care. He does not think it was wrong for your life. It may have been wrong because of the justification it received from darkness. But I'm telling you, you will never hear God say, oops, it will never happen. You will never hear him say, sorry. He, he will grieve your sorrow, but he will not tell you he's sorry because he isn't. Because he said all things work together for the good to those who love God and are the called. They're called. I like that little article in there. They're called according to his purpose. See, there are those, he could say according to those called. He said, but they're called. Because God has a called people who must live his experience to understand and be sympathetic to his cause. And nothing that happened to you in your life occurred in your life before it happened to him. It all happened to him. God suffered all of the losses, all of the hurts, all of the setbacks, all of the disappointments, on we can go, that we do as humans because we are made in his image and according to his likeness. We can't escape his experience. So you can walk around talking about, well, I'm just not going to serve God because it turned out wrong. And you know what? You're going to serve sin, and it's never going to get right. Because sin cannot be more righteous than the Almighty. And you're going to serve devils and never never be satisfied. 
You're going to make a ton of money and be miserable every day and have, your, have crises that money can't fix. Because God is never wrong. He's not wrong because he's Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. You understand that the, at the end of the thing has been resolved before you even got to the beginning. So some of you all are sitting on the side of the road. You're sitting there popping pills, doing drugs, drinking and boozing. I try to black out all of the sorrow you refuse to confront and reconcile. And so you are drugging your sorrow, intoxicating your pain, only because you want God to say it was wrong. And you know what? God feels that the fact that it needed to happen or was able to occur may have been wrong in your eyes, but it works out for God. You know, often ask you, I listen to people make all those statements, and I ask them, so, um, so you're a Christian? Well, no, I've never been a Christian, so why are you judging Christ? How can you judge something you've never even met? Oh, so you read the Bible. I read it. What did you read? Because we, we as God's leaders, have got to stop so sympathizing with people's moaning and groanings that we actually criminalize the Almighty. We vilify God. We accuse him. We disparage his way. And so God wants you to hear today, whoever you are, if you're waiting for an I'm sorry from the Lord, you're not going to get it. You might as well get up, wash your face, take a good shower, go get a spa treatment, fix yourself up, and get on with life because it can't stop. Everything in this life is so intertwined that one thing has to be affected by or act on another. And how you chose to act out is not helping you. It's not helping your faith. And harvest time is coming. And when harvest time comes, because we talk about harvest, and you look out there and everybody, we have these great little kid into um, the computer, um, you know, Google. Look at harvest. We got wheat, you know, we got flowers, we've got, you know, plants, we've got trees. Everything is harvest. But did you understand that harvest is not just on good? It's not just on vegetation and, and agriculture. And we think harvest is strictly agricultural or some sort of metaphor for it. Harvest is what it means. Harvest. You are going to pull out what you invest in. See, the vest on the end of it is letting you know that. So vest is not only a deposit. Vest is also authorization. Vest is also legitimacy, license. So when you think harvest, you need to recognize it. That's why some harvests are so bittersweet, because you sow bittersweet. Some harvests are so sweet, it's like, wow, this is great, I'm glad. You know, tears, you know, we'll, we'll cry all, all the time. What do you say? You can sow in tears and reap in joy, but you have to sow in tears. And if you avoid the tears, guess what you also sidestep? The joy. So, and my job, and I'm so clear on it, when I tell you this thing is way down in my soul, I'm very clear on the fact that I, I took this office, I took its responsibilities, I took its duties, its obligations, its burdens. I took all of that. And I'll tell you what I did. I said, this is who you are. I'm doing it the way you have given it to me. 
and I'm doing it the way, and I know how you've given it to me by the years I spent of studying you. I get a kick out of learning God. It is a, and he's infinite, so I never get bored because he's infinite. The man is infinite. He never ends. I mean, how are you going to get to, well, you know, when I learned all I need to know about Jesus, no, you can learn all you wanted to know about Jesus because everything we need to know about God will pass us out. We won't even wake up. You know, you've got people talking about war, like God, start war. Oh, so, and I ask him, so God, okay, so let's get this right. So God really got up off his throne and came down to earth and said, I declare war and then told to, so God did that. Or was it humans who decided to have their way? You look at some of the reasons that people in power start wars and you want to get them if you can find them. But you would rather you would rather literally excuse them and blame God. You know, we think about now we've got a harsh, harsh, harsh realities. We're coming into the harsh realities of God's law. And the, the reason why they're laws is because they are what control and manage creation. And God is, he's telling you, I'm legislating these on you because they're working whether you know them or not. They're working whether you agree with them or not. The law of sin and death is not asking your permission. It doesn't say, hey, so you feel like aging? Wow, I can't wait to get some aging. Woo, this will be great. Oh, man, hair fall out, everything fall out, things flop and drop, and I can't move. And all I can do is sit in my chair and look at the window and watch life go by as I meditate on bygone days. Yeah, I can't wait for that moment. It doesn't ask your permission. It doesn't ask permission to take your children or anything. What God gives you are the alternatives to these laws, what he also imposed or or enacted to supersede them. And you call that legalism. And you call that religion. And you call that, you know, autocrat, and call them an autocrat or, or autocracy. You do that. You blame God for telling you how he manages his creation. And you don't like it. Well, I don't, I don't think it ought to be. And, and my, I'm going to say the same thing. Then go talk to him about it and see how much it matters. You think that that pile up was something that God, that, you think that was God's ideal or was that God's real? See, God is more realistic than humanity wants to be, even though humanity is suffering under the realities that he confronts every single day. I remember sitting down talking to a, I mean, this must be about maybe 20 years ago, sitting down, but it was so impactful. I was still young in God and trying to figure it out. And I remember sitting down to a word of faith with a word of faith um, leader, and I said, but God's a realist. realist. Do you know they got angry with me? So you want God to be false. You want God to be a falsity. We don't want him to be real. We don't want him to be a realist. We need him to be a falsehood. Think about what you said, because harvest comes on, on that. Jeremiah says God even gives you the fruit of your thoughts. He said, because I know your thoughts. What did he say in Genesis 6? He said, every thought of man was continually evil all day long. God deals with our thoughts. That's why all of these classes, training, what I'm talking about today, why I do Periscope is to give you an alternative. Here's what I want you to remember. If you only have one if you only have one choice, then you have no options. If you have no options, then you're not free. 
See, God allows you to opt out on him. When you look at our media today, you got one choice. You don't, you don't get a chance to opt out of their agenda. You don't get a chance to opt out as a law, in law, in business, politics. It's all the same thing. So, and yet you don't recognize that as captivity. They withhold the truth. And if anybody, if, if all God did was just tell you the truth and not the lie, you wouldn't have an option. When you read God's book, he tells you the whole truth. And every way that truth can be distorted. And perverted. He tells you throughout the whole thing. And you know why? Because he wants you to opt in on him. Because you're born into darkness. But you have to opt out of sin and opt into Christ. That's why he said whosoever will. You chose Jesus Christ because somebody presented the alternative view. He started talking to me even about the media. God is getting ready to bust the media wide open. I'm telling you, he's raising up. He told me, tell them I'm raising up True News Bureau. And you all, some of you all out there, you have vision, you have ideas, you have a hope. God said, I'm going to back you because I am the God of truth. And if you want to get truth out there, God is going to do some very ingenious, very innovative things to give truth a place and a voice, a platform, and a dominion. And so I was in prayer today, and I'm, med- I'm just talking to God, I'm meditating, but he's talking, I'm listening, because, you know, in the morning, I just am not very talkative, not even to the Almighty. I'm just, I'm just not talkative. And so people think I wake up like this, but I don't. You know, those people who know me, no, I don't. And so he's talking. He loves that because he takes full advantage of the fact that my, oh, my, I'm not firing up anything in the morning. So he can download. And he said, I'm going to set up something called True News Bureau. That's what he told me. I'm going to. He's doing it as we speak. And these are the bureaus that you'll be able to check into when falsehood floods the media. You will have a place to go. And so whoever you are that I'm talking to, God said, get to it and finish your vision, for I am with you, says the Lord Almighty. So he says he's going to set up true new bureaus because his people don't have a, an option to destruction. They don't have an option, option to deceit. They don't have an option to, they can't, don't, you don't even get a chance to. I got a, a sad article yesterday from a woman a doctor, I think she said she was the head of some medical board, but it was on the the abuse of children, the, 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 the transgender abuse of children. It's a great article, great study, and she did a study and laid it out very intelligently. Now, what, what, when would we get that? Social media allows the truth to flood anywhere it wants. Take advantage of it. While you can yet see the light, use the light. And so God is telling me, that's, it's hot on him. He said, I'm raising these up. Now, I don't know where they are. I don't even know who you are. So I'm speaking strictly by the Spirit of God. I'm prophesying that this is what God has got in play now, right now. And those bureaus that go with it, that stay on truth, see, if this is not, truth is not religious. Truth is not a religion. And that's the problem. People think truth is, is a religion. Truth is con- existence, and it's a, a condition of existence. Lies kill and destroy. They may make you feel good. They're kind of like cheap food and, and, and sweet desserts. They taste so good sometimes, and, it really, and then later on you sick as a dog. You don't know why. Your body is breaking down. You don't know why. So truth is not a religion. And once, once you realize that truth is a responsibility because it is the it, it, literally it's the main ingredient of all that exists, truth. 
And so God is saying, I'm going to raise up these true new fuels, and I'm going to raise them up throughout your country and throughout the earth. And there are going to be sites where people can go to verify allegations, to verify accusations, to verify the truth of a, 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 a newscast or news bureau. God said something to me. He said, and you all need to hear. I'm telling you his words, and you need to hear, because there are more. See, you, you are bought into the lie that they're the stronghold, but here's the math, and I'm terrible at math. I'm pretty okay at two plus two. I can do that. Just don't ask me to do all that other stuff. All right? But here, this is what I want you to hear me. There are more readers and viewers than there are newscasters, and broadcasters. So there are more of you, you can raise up a solution. If there are more, you just have to decide whether or not, and this is God, you know, he's just chatting this morning. I told you, I'm out, you know, and some days he gets a whole 30, 40, 50 minutes. I'm just out. Okay, Jesus, right. Because he has thoughts, and you are praying. You're praying, but did you ever think you might be the answer to the prayer you're praying? Every, every time I got into something, it was because I was fussing about it and praying about it, and next thing you know, God is like, fix it. Fix it? Huh? Be the solution. Be the what? Be the what? The who? Be the solution. Constructing the contemporary prophets was written because God told me, if you can't find the material you want, write it. When I wrote God's Apostle Revive, write it. When I wrote the dictionary, be the solution. When I wanted to find out how to make the prophet's office viable and profitable, he said create it. So some of you all are the answer. And you need to stop thinking that it's somebody else's job to do. The hero is not the one who wears the cape and the special lettering on the chest. The hero is the one that fixes the problem for everyone else, whether or not he or she gets credit for it. Now, I'm telling you, God is getting ready to blast the media in a major way. I, have, I wish I, I could give you more information, but I can't. And if I had it, I wouldn't tell you anyhow, because, you know, God, too, has an intelligence. No, I'm not telling all my stuff. You know, I said to Prophet Ashley one time, when we were talking about the prophecies in the Bible, do you remember the, in the book of Revelation? And I said, well, God just tells you what the enemy's going to do. He's keeping his side secret. How about that? And he's got, so God's side is secret. And so I'm saying to you that, you know, who is on the Lord's side? You need to make up your, your mind. But truth is not a religion. It's not about whether you are Muslim or Christian or, or Buddhist or anything. Because guess what? The lie hasn't been a religion. It included everybody. The error included everybody. It converted everybody from their lie, to, from the truth to their lie. It was, you know, equal, you know, deceit is an equal opportunity employer. Whosoever can, let them come. The same thing with truth. They got, you know, got that from truth. And so I'm saying to you that some of you all, your harvest is in answering the problem. It's being the solution. It's stop sitting on home talking about what if. You know, because in the end, what if may keep you from filling destiny. But when you're too old to fulfill fill it, you will be one sorrowful soul. Because then you would have said, you would go from what if to what have, could have, should have. 
I vowed in my life I was not going to leave here without the planet No, I, I had been here. I was going to leave something in this planet that God could use. And he told me, he said, everything that's done is not useful to me. Some stuff, God is not going to use it for the sake we think. Some things fade away, and some things he fights to keep as institutions in society. You might be one of those things. You might be your solution could be that your boldness, your courage, your desire, your resolve. You know, and, and and just because you are bold and courageous doesn't mean you have, you don't have concerns and curiosities. You have them, but you override them with what must be. And so I vow I was not going to leave this planet without something that God can use. And every day of my life, I work toward that end. Because I'm leaving, but he's still going to have to deal with what I leave behind. What are you going to leave behind? What is it that he can use to defend the future, to fulfill destiny, to help people to enter and thrive in their purpose? What will you leave? Will you leave all of the things that have been assaulting him so far? Or will you leave solutions? Think about David, David and Solomon. David, of course, like everybody else, he knew that inevitably he would have to pass the throne to his son. And so David, all for all of the wars that he had, all of the battles that he had, all of the things that he faced, he still remembered, I've got to leave something for my God to work with to maintain that which I have brought into existence, built, and established. And so David literally sat down, and I know we have some of you out here who are doing that, hey, amen, but you know what? You need to train others too. It's a big problem because we have a big God who has a big plan. And so, uh, so David goes, and he's getting ready to leave, and like a good, like a good predecessor, he passes on everything to his successor while he's alive, in charge, and able to make the final decision. And so he passes it on, and he says, my son Solomon's young, but this is what the Lord assigned me to do. Now, I couldn't do it in my lifetime, so I will do it through my seed. And so all the way down the line, you see that pattern. But because of that, Solomon had an easier way to go than David, and he had the golden years. Why? Because his predecessor took seriously his responsibility to the Almighty and the Almighty's perpetuity. God can't stop dealing. And so you now are faced with the greatest opportunity you will ever have. You can alter the present in your future. You can. And some of you are doing an amazing job, but not enough. There are a lot of organizations that need you to get on board. There are good ones who are trying to do it. I, the, the article, I, can't, I wish I could remember the name of it. I could go through my phone, but, you know, it might not look cool if we do that right now. So I might have it this evening. But they're asking for true news. They're asking for true news. There are agencies right now that say, if you see anything, you know it's a lie, bring the truth. Stop sitting on it. Stop sitting around the table yelling with at the TV, you know that's not true. Yelling and fussing with your friends, sitting in your little favorite bar, talking about how wicked everything is. Be the solution. Stop being the grumbler and be a solution. Stop being the one who's going to continue the whine about it. Yeah, well, you know, this whole world is going to pot. It's all going to hell in a handbasket. Why don't you just put the lid on the basket 
and put a, put a rock in front of hell and go tell the truth. Just bring out the truth and be prepared to live with that. A lot of these young journalists are, are frustrated because that's not why they went to school, and they're watching their dreams get doused with kerosene every single day. Hey, do hey, create the new. You know, the, today's big was once the new, and it was tiny, and it was struggling, but today it's big. There's a big God who's ready to back what you want to do, your vision. He's ready right now to be to bring solutions into the planet that we've not even dreamed. This is this is a, you know all of this stuff is you know amazing and spectacular to humans, but it doesn't mean much to God because well he's done it all and it's, he's resolved it all in his world so that he can continue to resolve it from his world. You know that's good, isn't that good? And so we I want to encourage you today. First of all, you decree your harvest. You decree your harvest by the seeds you choose, by the ground you sow in, by the watering and nurturing that you get. You keep a lie going, you're sowing the seeds of a lie, and then you're continuing to pass it on, pass it on, pass it on. Guess what your harvest is going to be? Your harvest will be on, the, on that deceit. You begin to become the person of truth or the person of prosperity or the person of generosity or charity or whatever way. You turn into that. That's your harvest. But you need not be upset with the Holy Spirit because your harvest didn't look like your friend's harvest. Did you sow what they sold? Did you sow it the way they sold it with the motives that they have? And then what did you do after you put it in the ground? Did you go off and tear up somebody else's work? Did you go off and, and, and malign somebody? His character, you know, all of that, the spirit of scandal <clears throat> is not the law of the land. The spirit of scandal is an assault. And, I mean, we have scandal news conferences, we call it TV shows, talk shows. Everything is about scandalous, being scandalous. You all should look up the word. Because, see, we take so many things at face value. You need somebody to say, why don't you look that up? Because scandal is meant to harm. It's meant to hurt. It's meant to destroy. It's all strategies then. And it's a major hallmark of witchcraft. Accusing your brother. You know, dissension, discord. That's not God. But if that's your life, then you're going to have it. And then what they do, actually, they talk people and say, well, that's just life. No, that's your life. Everybody's not living like that. And you don't know till you get out of your little hub that everybody's not living like it. And a lot of people don't want it. In your hub, that's your life. That's your world. And that's what the, what, what the spirit of your world wants. But that's not life, and it doesn't have to be that way. There's still some phenomenal people on the planet who just want to do phenomenal things. There are people on the planet, I keep saying, who want God to win. Not everybody wants God to be fired as if we could. Like, who's going to give him a pink slip? They try. Yeah, they do. Yeah, he even let him try. He said, okay, I'm going to downgrade myself. Made him a little lower than an angel. He said, I'm going to downgrade myself. I'm going to put on some flesh. I'm going to make it mortal. I'm taking off the immortality. I'm going to walk this planet at the darkest time, the most hostile, abusive time, and I'm going to let you kill me. And since that's what you want to do, you want to see me dead, and you don't know the consequences of killing me, I'm going to let you kill me, and I'm not going to tell you what's going to happen after. Because more than coming back to life, you can only die once. 
And that's something that Jesus Christ reiterates. People die once. You don't die and die again. I don't care about what they tell you about reincarnation. You cannot go back into somebody's flesh. You're not. If the earth has to remake you, then it's going to remake you as a first of its kind. You know that was good. <laughs> Did they miss it? <laughs> when the earth remakes you and it re- it rebegets you, it begets you again anew, the first of its kind. And you come into existence with all of the seeds and all of the life that, uh, for reproduction that you that you did the first time, and it's bringing you in as a space the species that it deserves. Every seed brings forth as its after its own kind. You can't get around that principle. So those of you who are saying, well, you know, I'll come back as a butterfly, well, then you needed to have started out as a butterfly because when you die, you're not going to have butterfly seeds. That's just the seed. It's all the seed. If we ever took the seed principle, which we can't avoid in anything, I don't care what it is, we're still talking harvest, but if you ever took the principle of the seed the way it really is, it's impossible. What mutates that seed? What changes that seed? Because even grinded to its minutest form, it's still the same. You know, a dandruff from your head is still all you. Isn't that good? By DNA in any form. Any form. That's why I can't understand how we're still pushing reincarnation. DNA killed it. You know, I like the scientists. That woman yesterday, she said, we're scientists. I love what she said. She said something that was so powerful in that article. She said, but how is it that scientists are now subject to activism? Is that a scary thought? Yes. Well, because you get the context of the article? Yes. Do you remember? Yes, the article was based on transgender sexual identification, and and the whole idea. Some of you may have read it, um, but the whole idea of it. Maybe if my daughter's watching, she'll put it up. But um, the whole idea is that they're saying a child can have sexual confusion at a very early age. First of all, if it's about sex, how do they know? See, that's the first lie. See, I told you, when you have, if the lie is your base, then the truth will be a lie. So first of all, I want to know, how do you know? Because it's not about clothes. It's not about whether I like boys or girls. It's about somebody seeding your kid's consciousness and seeding your kid's soul with this, and you need to figure out who that is because it's a seeding, whether it's a, com- whether it's a, com- uh, a cartoon, <clears throat> which is very popular today, or whether it's school. So her attitude is so then immediately they do the putting these um, – they're putting kids on these um, hormone blockers. And these hormone blockers stop what they are supposed to turn into at puberty, and then they begin to feed them the hormone of their choice, of the person or the gender they chose. Now, think about this. This is little kids. You think about them. You think we got a health care bill now. Baby, in 15 years, we're going to only pay for crazy. That's all we go. We, why is health get crazy? And so she went on to talk about how they are pretty much, and I'm, I'm really giving you the short, short version, and these, these kids are taught how to impersonate the, the sex they want to be. I loved her word impersonation because she said, like I said, how is it that you can impersonate another gender and nothing supports it but some activist vision? 
and still make it the law of the land, imperson- because if impersonation is the law of our land, then we can impersonate anything we want. We can impersonate being a judge. We can impersonate being a cop. We can impersonate being a firefighter. We can impersonate being a doctor, an attorney. We can impersonate being anything we want. If you can impersonate your gender, then you can impersonate everything else. Everybody but homosexuality. Well, when we do our badges, mm-hmm. nation, there's only one company that will allow you to do that if we get them customized. Exactly. Without paper. Thank you. If you have to be from a fire department or a police department or whatever so that you don't walk around impersonating, impersonating a police officer or any officer. And so we can have impersonators based on sex gender because they can put on some cosmetics and put on a costume and say, this is what I feel. When they are sick, see, this is what gets me. Science is what it is. Now, I, I there are some things about science I'd love to sit down and just kind of, can we explore this? But I like the scientists. I really do. I'm one of those few religious folks, preachers, that don't, I don't, I don't fear them. They don't intimidate me. I watch so many of their shows. It's not funny. I love those lectures that they put on the Netflix and the Amazon. I, I love that. Now, you're saying that, that you can put on a costume. First of all, you can, the three C's of homosexuality, confession, cosmetics, and costuming. Those are the three C's of homosexuality. Confession. I gotta confess that I am not what you see beneath my skin. And so her argument is there is no scientific proof to say that a person is in the wrong body. Now there is tons of proof to say that they can be mentally persuaded that they're in the wrong body for sexual purposes, for gender purposes. I love the word gender. How are you gonna be transgender when you don't generate anything? Okay, but anyway, moving on. <coughs> so here we are, so we have co- confession, then we have cosmetics. We're going to do all cosmetic surgery. We're going to put on wigs. We're going to put on lipstick. We're going to put on eyeshadow, all man-made. So you use all of these man-made things for this God-defined body. And then we're going to costume. Cracks me up when I see the women walking through the airport with the male clothes on. I almost want to say, you really think, okay. And so, and what is their, their lesson? You look in the mirror and you see what you want to be. Now, we call that delusion because, you know, that guy who wants to be the surgeon can put on that outfit, get your scalpel, sit there and watch 100,000 hours of whatever and go in there and impersonate a doctor. Right. And you know who stops him? The government. Right. <laughs> the government. Because guess what? Because the citizen doesn't know, but the government does. And yet we got a Supreme Court, court that allowed impersonation to be the law of the land. You can impersonate anything you want based on their approval of homosexuality. And some smart attorney is going to call them on it because you're set, you, you set a precedent. What the precedent of same-sex marriage? You set a precedent for impersonation. <laughs> and that's different. So we all can impersonate something. And you can't take us to jail. You cannot. So all them impersonators in jail, you need to let them out because you supremely said impersonation is not a threat to society and that it should be given the same equal rights and due regard as any other true citizen. We got aliens. People can't impersonate citizenship. You can't come in here and impersonate them. You got to go through the thing. We're going to call you an alien or foreigner, whatever we call them. I never know these days because we got so many different names. But think about that. 
want to, especially when you start arguing with folks and you got Christians that say, well, yeah, but they're in love. Yeah, but they don't care. It's not about their love. It's about their imposition of an impersonation on society and a demand that you celebrate them for it. I think it's just crazy. Now, I feel like what you do in your home, and truly, if what you do in your own home is your own business, why is it the law of the land? Why are we saying we have to change the law for what you do in your own private court? Because it's not that. It's something else entirely. But I want you to hear me. All of those kinds of thoughts have to be analyzed. We have to be better thinkers. So this woman says in her article, I like it because she said, but there is nothing to prove that. There is no scientific proof. My question is, why is it that these scientists, these people who have put, you laid down, I know I laid down my life for what I do. You laid down your life for this, and you're going to let some activists wipe out your whole degree. You're talking about these people are killing y'all degree. This is crazy. Talk about taking it on. Like, pray for me. <laughs> pray for me. It's always end up right here. Hey, both. But you're talking about taking on, you literally are, so we're now, we are torn between what an activist feels and what a scientist has proven. That's kind of crazy. That, to me, I don't know what you all think. I'd be glad to hear some of your thoughts, but I think it's kind of crazy. I mean, you tell me I've got to go and take science, and then you say that if somebody pops up and says something else, then it doesn't have to be. If, this is our, if that's your discipline, then defend your discipline and put those papers out there. Put them out there. Put those reports out. Put those studies out. You paid for that. Some of you all are still paying for that degree. Y'all still paying for it. Baby, you're being chased up and down the highway, everything, for your degree. And that's what I like out of everything she said. Then she began to talk about the, the, the damage that those hormones are doing to these children and that these children are, are literally being psychologically, biologically, and physiologically disturbed, and they're being primed for surgery. So, and I love another phrase she used. She said, and they're literally having healthy body parts cut off. Young girls having mastectomies. Did you all know that? While you're fighting for a what? An ideology? See, because the physiology of your ideology, are not, they're not lining up. They're not as healthy as you think. You have an opportunity today. The Almighty is calling you to his charge. You have an opportunity today to defend the innocent. You know, in the Bible, it talks about God defending widows and orphans all the time and also giving us a charge for the children. This particular, particular activism is stalking and preying on children. So what will today's child is tomorrow as tomorrow's adult. So what will the adult of tomorrow look like? They have a portrait of a world, a world where, where um, fertility is going to run rampant, a world where you're talking about sexual identity, but how about the physical side of a wrong sexual identity? This, per, this child as a kid has, has locked themselves into an identity that an adult thought was a good idea. When that child becomes an adult, what will we have? And we can go on. But these are some of the things that God himself is calling on the people of truth to deal with. I loved her article. I, was, I applauded her boldness, and I pray that there are tons more. I'm going to keep talking about it because I'm praying that there are tons more out there because truth is out there. You just have to go and wade through the swamp land of lies and deceits to get it. You know, you have, sometimes you have to go through the swamp to get to the clean water. 
Just keep going through the swamp. Just keep going. Keep going. Just go ahead. Go through the mud. Dodge your alligators, crocs, and everything. You'll do all right. But that's what I, I really do. So, Prophet Ashley, how are they handling what I'm saying today? Well, the Amen Choir is present. I have an Amen Choir? Yes. Um, they're talking about, yeah, how children are being indoctrinated into this in their schools and being drugged up. And let me see. Someone said, come on now, Apostle, this is some good teaching. Uh, bust a hole in that lie. It's right. a hole. Oh, blast it. Wisdom is crying out in the streets. It is. Yes, people do need to know this truth. This is great knowledge. I mean, that's to bring to light. First of all, so many people don't know the fullness of the agenda. No, they don't. Because while we're over here with our celebrities pushing the love button, mm-hmm. the love button has hit, hit the church years ago. It has now hit the world. It's just love. No. It's about love. One in the world is newness. One right. in the church is newness. You know, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And this whole other undercurrent, because they want to breed us out. They mm-hmm. want to do all these things to destroy this nation. And everybody knows you go at the generation being born. That's exactly the one. To take a nation out 25, 50, well, we used to take 100 years, it's not taking 15 or 20. Because of social media. Yes. I love it. You know, and, and, and listen, any of you all, if you want some, you have some articles, if, I mean, I'm, I don't want to see weird, you know, I've got some powerful articles right now that I've been sitting on, and I've been sitting on because I've been trying to stay in a particular vein on the Paula Price show, and for some reason, the Holy Ghost is not allowing me to stay comfortably in that vein. We have talked about this and talked about it and talked about it. It is a very difficult place to be because my comfort zone is like most preachers. Let's just talk scripture. Let's just talk Bible. Let's just talk spirituality, and everybody will be okay. But God is not allowing me to do that. And since I am no longer 24 years old and needing to be, you know, validated, I don't, I, I, I'm not going to move with that. But somebody needs to cry out loud. Whoever said wisdom is crying in the streets, that literally is the call that I've had. Proverbs 8 and 9 has always been what God said. Wisdom is trying to talk to the leaders, trying to talk to the citizens, trying to talk to the, the um, you know, the judges and the, the military and the police force, and on and on we go. And, but, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there is a undercurrent of people of truth. This is not about a religion today. I am a Christian. I'm so in love with Jesus Christ, I could just yum yum him up every day. I can hug him up all day long. That's all fine and good. But he has responsibility. And while he appreciates my affection, he needs his, his responsibilities handled and his duties fulfilled. So there are people of truth, and that's what I'm going to call you. People of truth, whatever your background, whatever your history, whatever your destiny, whatever your education, there is a body of people, and we need truth activists. We've got the other kind, but we need truth activists, activists for the truth, just plain, simple truth, just fact finders and investigators and researchers, and you're out there. You're out there, and you believe. And you just don't know. My prayer is that we'll take on that Ezekiel 37, is it, um, the dry bones, and we'll all find each other and begin to click, boom, 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 and become a mighty force, a mighty army of truth.
truth in the Lord. We'll work on our religions after we kind of reestablish some things because there are some truths that are universal. Don't care about what you believe in. Don't care about your religion. Don't care about how you pray. I personally go hook a Messiah, get used to that. But I'm going to let you do what you do right now because we are truth activists, and we need to be truth activists. We need to be active for truth. As God says to Jeremiah, valiant for truth, because the lie is destroying our children, it's destroying our generations, it's destroying our families, the fabric of our land, and it's all about a lie. And do you know how we got into this mess? The, the, the root of this whole thing is a lie, a, a, a distortion of truth that converted the truth false. And we need to be different. I, I loved her, and if I can find it, I'm going to give her 100% credit for it because I think it was per- perfect or whatever. And, but this here, and I read them. I read them, and, we, and I pray over them because people are waking up, and the bold is becoming bolder. And they're, they're coming out. You gave me a Josh Hopkins article that I'll probably do next week, but um, a study, rather, a Josh Hopkins study. But I'm telling you, guys, be, come on, get on board. Start pouring out that truth news and start becoming people of truth and truth activists. We need truth activists. We need people who are just as bold because, you know, everybody thinks that people who walk in the truth are cowards and, and they're fearful and they're t- intimidated and they're weak-willed. And that's not true. That is not true. Truth is powerful just on its own ground. Put it in a person that believes it, and we've got ourselves something. So now you get to have feedback. feedback. I know you I, You were writing so many notes. I figured you had something. Well, it was my first page. <laughs> so when you said that, God can never do God on your terms. Now, see, <laughs> that's enough to send you into your first place. <laughs> we don't realize we are brought into Christianity on the premise of God doing God our way. Anytime you start with love and emotion, that means manipulation is an option. <laughs> that is not an option with God. No, no. No, you can't say no. You can't, and when you went through all these things talking about how God doesn't say he's sorry, he doesn't say oops, he doesn't think it's his fault, all those things, that's what you do when you're trying to manipulate somebody. Mm-hmm. And, and even if it's not malicious, Manipulation, because sometimes you are you're not thinking that cunningly, but it is still mm-hmm. what you're doing because it's what we're taught to do. And how you said the harvest will come on whatever you sow. I saw Apostle Nona on Facebook. She she quoted one of your <laughs> statements there that you made a little bit ago, mm-hmm. and it was like boom. <laughs> we don't again. Mm-hmm. We, let's go back to our roots. God forgives everything. He loves everything. He forgets everything. If you just say you're sorry and Lord forgive me. So we don't think that though there's still going to be a harvest on that season. I mean, how many people I know now whose children are bullied in school because they were bullied? Mm-hmm. Is that the truth, though? And, and bullied parents. Well, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh-huh. And so, right, and they still are. And the, even a lot of those seeds and things that we've sown in our youth, come back on our kids. Thank you. Not always, but often. Mm-hmm. When you go back and you're like, oh, my goodness, I forgot I was that person. <laughs> we all want to forget we were those people. Yes. And it wasn't really that bad. And we were all just mm-hmm. kids. And, and we were just smiling. Yeah, we were just having fun mm-hmm. and doing whatever. 
but that harvest is something to really sit down and think about. What are the seeds that we've sown in life? Mm-hmm. A season ago, a decade ago, a generation ago. A night ago. A night ago. <laughs> that are still coming to pass. Good and bad. Mm-hmm. Because when you sow those negative seeds, somebody's always crying out to God. Yep. Didn't, he, didn't he say and that? That's it, Job. You know me and Job. I'm going to talk about Job. My Lord. You and Job and you and the tree talk. Yeah. We, we, and Moses and the mountain. Moses, they, I think we got one more revelation coming out of that one. <laughs> but, uh, and how you said acting out doesn't help you. Um, someone said this topic is really blessing me. Mm. And when you said we blame God for telling us how he manages creation. <laughs> <laughs> you like that, didn't you?
and uh, at the Promenade Mall, and it's 8.30 in the morning, and it's temporary, but if God be faithful, by August, we will be in our own home. Home, all over the place. All new over, office, new office, new school, church new everything. And, and I do want to insert this while we're still on um, Periscope, that you will be in Joliet, Illinois. Yes! August 4th and 5th. Yes. For a Joliet prophetic. prophetic. Yes! Why will be up online today. Today. I spoke with Apostle Noah. We're going in. If you were here in June, then you heard Apostle Noah Parker. Did she do it with that? Oh, my. My clients and my students have just been like, oh, my goodness. Apostle Noah, that Mayan thing. That whole Mayan class that she does on uh, you know she's going to do that in the school for us. We're yeah. going to have her make it, because I want to record that as a powerful history class for us to understand how false religions really work yeah. and also how culture masks false religions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. I thought her and I thought uh, Apostle Nishan and yeah. the media thing, oh, yeah. my God, that was just powerful. Yeah. I mean, they weren't tag teaming. Ooh, Jesus. Things. I mean, all of us.
one of the things I love about the Paula Price Show and, and even your message and, and what you do is you're always, always bringing us back around to our strength and our power. Um, and I, I, I just think that that is one of a kind. You know, you will never uh, catch a Paula Price broadcast where you do not infuse and remind us how strong we are um, and how powerful we can be if we just would be unashamed and really do this thing the way it's supposed to be done. So um, I thought today was really powerful, and I, I'm just linking on to that. We've got to be truth advocate, um, activists, and I love, uh, obviously, you know, your fight for our generation, for our children. Um, you know, there is, wow, there is so much coming against our kids right now. They are fighting wars. Um, every day that we we just can't even imagine that they have to go through to just be sane, to just be what we would make maybe consider normal. They have to fight so hard, and um, I just love how you're bringing attention to that um, and arming us to be able to arm the generations. Well, I'm excited, and you know what? We're going to have a show where we're going to let you give full disclosure of what these, this generation is facing because I know that you are in it. You are. You never let it go from going to the bookstores, going to the book aisles, watching the cartoons. But I think that sometimes these parents need to hear the truth because they don't know, and the kids don't know that it's wrong, so the kids can't say, hey, Mom, they're forcing me to do this or that. The kids are just trying to get along and to be accepted. The problem is we need to... Uh, recognize that a, a bunch of what they're accepting is damaging to them. So I'm looking forward to that. Well, Periscope, I'm going to go to the phone, so you're going to migrate with me. We're going to walk down the hall to Blog Talk Radio, turn on, and make sure you hit that number one to talk with me. Tell me about a testimony. Let me know your thoughts and your feelings on today's discussion. And, of course, let me pray for you. And so until tonight, Prophetic Ed, 8 p.m., we're going to Blog Talk, and then we will be back again. So, bye. All right, guys. As we transition, we want to welcome those who might have just joined us on the line. You're listening in to the Paula Price Show today. We're live on blogtalkradio.com slash Paula Price Show every Thursday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. We're here. We want you to make this your Thursday broadcast. So save us. You can go online at blogtalkradio.com slash Paula Price Show, and you can click RSS feed so that you get instant notifications every time the Paula Price Show is about to go live. If you're an iTunes user, you can catch the Paula Price Show via your podcast app podcast app on the iTunes library and do us do us a favor if you would click the stars to leave a review on your podcast app it helps us to reach more people with the Paula Price show so if you're listening in and you are an iTunes and podcast subscriber and you've got the Paula Price show on your iPad or on your iPhone device go ahead and click those stars to leave us a review it helps us so much and we appreciate it in advance all right if you are an Android user, you don't have to miss out on the Paula Price Show on your mobile device. All you have to do is download the CastBox app. 
CastBox app, and you'll be able to look up the Paul Price Show and get it on your mobile device. So welcome, Android users. We are now available on all Android devices. The benefit of being able to uh, subscribe to one of the podcast apps, either via iTunes or your Android, is that you can carry the Paul Price Show wherever you go, where where you are 24-7. You never miss a broadcast. All of the archived shows are then available on your tablet or your mobile device. So do that. Download the Paul Price Show via your podcast app if you're an Apple user or the CastBox app if you're an Android user and join the Paula Price Show family. We want to greet you if this is your very, very first time listening. We love you. Big shout out to you. Thank you for tuning in Paula Price Show. You can join our mailing list by visiting us online at drpaulaaprice.com. Again, you can join us online and join our mailing list at drpaulaaprice.com. You can also shop for products for resources. We encourage you to shop our store online and see what is in store for you. We've got prophetic resources, apostolic resources. For those of you who follow our broadcast throughout the week, the Discipling Apostolic Christians book is available online if you follow Dr. Price's Tuesday broadcast. If you follow the Wednesday broadcast, the Chief Prophet Tyler Price Before the Garden is available online as well. And if you are a uh, loyal follower of Prophetic Ed on Thursday nights, you can get all of Dr. Price's Prophetic Resources, The Prophet's Handbook, The Prophet's Dictionary, The Prophet's Dictionary CD-ROM, so you can load it onto your computer device. And how about The Prophet's Dictionary Espanol? That is also available online. We encourage you to tap into the resources that are there. Click Shop Now when you visit us online at drpaulaaprice.com. All right, last but certainly never least, we want to give a big shout-out to our social media followers. We cannot do this without you. Twitter family, thank you for sharing. Thank you for retweeting. Thank you for quoting the tweets. We so appreciate you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Continue to share the Periscope broadcast. Continue to spread the word. We appreciate you. And we also want to give our big shout-out to our Facebook family, especially our Facebook Live. You can find Dr. Price on Facebook at facebook.com slash Price. facebook.com slash Dr. Paula Price. If you're on Twitter, her handle there is at Dr. Paula Price. So we've made it really easy for you guys to click in with us and join us on social media. Continue to spread the word. We'll be back with more announcements as we get closer to our November event. I'm going to go ahead and give you guys the dates for November so you can save the date. Our next big conference is coming up uh, the third week in November, right before Thanksgiving. So I want to go ahead and give you that, those dates right now. It's the week before Thanksgiving, so it's going to kick off Wednesday, November 15th, and go through to the 18th. So Wednesday, November 15th through the 18th is the week and the the date for our Apostleship Summit, November 2017. As you heard uh, Prophet Ashley mention, Dr. Price is going to be in Chicago town, Joliet to be specific, that first weekend in August. So stay tuned for more details on our website about that. All right, we want to get to your call. So set number one, if you'd like to speak to Dr. Price in the second hour. And now I'm going to turn it back to you, Prophet Ashley. Thank you, Prophet Adia. We'll be right back after these messages. Hi, my name is Chief Prophet Tala Price, and I want to invite you to join me every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time for a riveting and exciting discussion of my favorite book by my favorite author. Yes, Before the Garden, God's Eternal Continuum, written by the one and only Dr. Paula Price. 
Join us on our weekly journey of studying the history of eternity as it's been revealed through Scripture. Learn your God, learn your world, learn yourself, and even your Savior before time began. We're going to discuss revelationary answers to age-old questions like, how did we get here? Why does our planet exist? Does it have a creator? What was on his mind concerning us? And why did he bring Christ and Christianity into our world? Topics like these and more we'll be discussing every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can join us on Facebook Live or by Periscope. For more information, visit www.tallaprice.com. That's www.tallaprice.com. Dr. Paula A. Price does it again with Before the Garden, God's Eternal Continuum. In her customary exhaustive style, she breaks the seal on yet another striking dimension of Christian faith and truth. Before the Garden, God's Eternal Continuum is aptly dubbed the history of eternity as revealed in scriptures because it captures and tells the story of eternity from its founder's perspective. Order your copy today and give us your feedback. Tell us how Before the Garden revolutionized your walk with Christ at www.beforethegarden.com. Do you have an upcoming conference or want to order a supply for your bookstore? Now is the perfect time to order copies for your network, mentees, or friends. Just pick up the phone and dial 877-419-1299, extension 1001, and ask for Adia Peterson to get bulk discount orders and place your order today. Are you a prophet or apostle? Is your desire to help God's ministers come into their true identity and calling? Would you like to make a supplemental income while still doing what you love most, serving God as his kingdom agent? Now PPM Global Resources offers an exciting employment opportunity for apostles and prophets. We want to employ you to do what God made you to do for him. We work in the industry of ministry and want to bring the industry to your ministry. Imagine getting paid a regular income for doing what you already do. Think about doing more than prophesying or waiting for your next preaching opportunity to fulfill your calling. Now, PPM Global has created gainful employment positions for your mantle, just like pastors and teachers have enjoyed for ages. Sign up as an affiliate agent or independent sales consultant, and you'll be able to share PPM Global's unique ministry model with your associates and colleagues and share the revenue PPM Global gains from your initiative. Or join PPM Global's team of advisors, coaches, and mentors and take part in shaping the next generation of five-fold ministers for Jesus Christ. Wherever you fit, you'll enjoy the benefits of collaborating with PPM Global, including a means of increasing your contacts and income without increasing your workload, the opportunity to be a gainfully employed, bona fide apostle or prophet, the privilege of shifting the church back to apostolic and prophetic leadership, and the honor of placing God's people in their right purpose and destiny. Apply today, get trained, change lives, and earn more. PPM Global Resources. Explore the possibilities. And we are back. Dr. Paula Price. We get to do the next part, which is... Say it again. 
I said, we get to do the next part, yes, which is do. taking calls. Are you ready? I am very ready. Let's go. Oh, okay. First on the line, we have Marla from Connecticut, and she is calling for prayer for the next leg of the journey. Marla, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Thank you, Prophet Ashley. Hi, Dr. Price. How are you? I am wonderful, Marla. How are you doing today? Awesome. And I just want you to know I am a truth activist. <laughs> Good. I got one. <laughs> I got two because Prophet Adia has signed up to become a truth activist with me. So I'm going to have Ashley push how we're going to gather our truth activists because I need folks that are going to dig in and, and plow us out of this crazy. So what's going yes, on? Ma'am. Um, just, uh, I have some things that I'm working on and just kind of need prayer to push through to the next level and, uh, just momentum to go all the way. Well, you know what, Marl, I'm going to ask you about that in, in, a, in just about a moment, but I'd like to know what is it that steered you off course? I just see this, this energetic young woman on fire, good to go, ready to go. And then it's like somebody took the steam out of your engine. What happened? Um, recently, uh, I, I okay. Um, I think just with my family, you know, I've had a lot of deaths and stuff like that. But I'm okay right now. Just you know, just kind of practicing myself, uh, pushing and plowing through. But I'm okay right now. Well, you know, uh, first of all, can you get in another spot because you're breaking up and 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 it's okay, kind of I'm like sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is this better? Um, I don't, are you on speaker? No. Okay, because you no. know what's happening. We're getting this afterbuzz of your words, and it's just too important for us to um to miss what you're saying. But I think the best I got of it is that you had some stuff that you went through, was it with parents, and that you're okay now. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, where do you, I mean, not where, but are you involved in the church? Yes, I am. Are you actively involved in your church, or, or are you yes, an attendee? No, I'm actually. Well, because... Somewhere along the line, I'm picking up in your spirit um, that there has been a, a little bit of a, um, I want to say a little bit, but a, 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 a bit of confusion, and it's I just don't see you on track. And I guess in, in the spirit, I don't see you spiritually on track or online. That's why I asked that question. Okay. But in any, but in any event, let's talk about what you, what you want me to pray for. Okay, well, I'm working on a couple of projects in my personal life, and I just want to, I want to be on track to part of what God has for me and what God has for me to do. Um, I'm in school at my church, um, just kind of ready just to go to the next level as far as ministry, just in life, period. All right. Well, I'm going to pray because your connection is absolutely terrible, and I want to be able to – we can't fix that because I, I switched it off of my speaker to see if it was on our end, but it doesn't appear to be. So I'm going to pray, and then what will happen is um, I want to encourage you to go online and schedule a life advisement because 
there are some times that we're so good at standing, Marler, that we don't realize we took a blow. And that, and that blow is messing with us. And you, the only way you can actually discern that it's happening is either through your prayer life or it starts eking through your dreams. So I would love for you to do that just as a part of your own, because um, you, you have a plan for being where you want to go, but it's part of your own well-being. So I'm going to pray, and, um, okay. and we'll take it from there. Father God, I give you all praise. Lord, we love you. We love you so much, Jesus. It's just astounding. You know, and we know, Father, that your word says that you, Lord Jesus, are the way, the truth, and the life. And so I'm asking for you to make not only Marla's way known to her, but your way known to her as well, that she can follow the truth that's in your voice, that's in your word, that's in your wisdom. I'm asking, God, that you would move all of the cobwebs and all of the the the, the, um, the clouds and mistiness to follow out of the way so that she can see clearly from the day you gave her these visions, because you gave her some specific things to carry out and some specific paths to plot for her future. And so I'm asking that you bring her back to the day that she received it, God, because sometimes we get caught up in all of our other duties and responsibilities in life, and we forget that you have a way for us to travel. And so I'm asking for you to do that for her. I'm asking, Lord, that you would let her understand what her calling is in you in this hour, and then lead her to the various pathways and points that will show her how that calling should show up in this world. So I'm thanking you for answering prayer. I'm thanking you for good counsel, wise advisors, and faithful, faithful supporters, God, not people that will just criticize and, and complain or, or just, just literally just pick apart what she's doing, but people who understand that there is a, a work for her to do and there is a purpose for her to fulfill, and you alone are in charge of both. And I'm asking to give her the courage to stand, make the tough calls, the hard decisions, and to do it for the right reasons at the right time for your glory. And I bless you for doing it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Price. Thank you. God bless. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, Prophet Ashley, I don't want another call um, connection like that. Can we get a better technological connection? Uh, you know what? She didn't sound like that before. So we will see what's going on with Rachel here in Florida. Um, she's calling for direction on what to do. In a, with a verbally abusive husband who used to be physically abusive uh, and have some violent tendencies. Rachel from Florida, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Thank you. Um, hi, Rachel. I'm new, hi. I'm new to the whole program. Um, my friend referred me, and I was thankful because um, sometimes I feel like um, I, there's no peace in the house at all. And I have five kids. I've been homeschooling them to try to keep them away from certain things that's out there. And it seems that my husband, who has no interest in going after God, he's bringing the things home to them. And almost, he would smirk. He would laugh if I say, please don't, don't tell them that or don't show them that. He purposely does it. And um, we've been together for 13 years of marriage. And I... I I'm losing my mind. I don't know what God wants me to do. I, um, I'm trying to lean on him, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And recently, I just took in my 
eight-year-old stepson who came with some problems, and I'm trying to help him through it, but his dad is fighting me on it. You know, he I try to teach him to to work or to do stuff around the home, and he's teaching him opposite. So I, I don't even know why I brought extra stuff that I already had going on, and now I have more, and uh, it's just a constant battle. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I feel tired. I, I feel like well, I can't pray sometimes. I'm trying to fast. I can't fast. I, I, I feel bombarded. Well, you are bombarded, my beloved. You are quite bombarded. So let me ask you a question. Um, are you a member of the church, of a church? I mean, are you in a church? Do you have a pastor? We were attending a church, and there were some things that happened. We were attending there for six years, and uh, with gossip and the pastor, he does a lot of work outside of church in Washington, so he's not really there. And I can't, I, there's no one, no. Okay, so you need a church. And, and, and where are you, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, could you give me the, the, the general area that you're located in Florida? But don't do Cooper that. City. Well, we'll do it. Huh? It's Cooper City in Broward County. Okay, good. So here's the thing. The first thing you need is a strong church. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, is your does your husband go to church? I mean, when you all were going, did you go as a family? Is he saved? Let me just get to the heart of the matter. Is your husband saved? I don't know what that means for him because he got saved a few years back. He was going to church for about four years. I kept asking the church, can, can the men mentor him? Everyone was too busy. Um, I'm not sure what happened at the church, and he shut in like a shell. He was ready to open up to the pastor, but the pastor didn't have the time, and now he's just acting out like a rebellious kid. He doesn't even want okay, to meet so, with anybody. So has he always been abusive to you? Yes. So when you all got married, I want you to walk with me back, take me back 13 years. When you all got married, was mm-hmm. he abusive then? Like, was he abusive yes. as a boyfriend? So he was abusive he, as a boyfriend, and then you married him, and he became more abusive as a husband. Is that right? Right. Um, okay. After he when when he got saved or he accepted Christ in his heart, a few years ago, he stopped the physical part, um, but then when he walked away, then it started where it's mental. You know, even if I go to my room and I stay there all day with the kids, he will come after us, and it's okay. constant, you know, bickering. So, and so why did you, why are you staying with this man? He, I have no job. I haven't worked in 15 years. Um, I've been trying to get a loan to get a place. You know, I, it's hard. And he keeps telling me um, that I have no money. I have nowhere to go. So where are you, where are you going? Um, okay, so here's a couple things you need to do. Let's think about the first thing. And first thing is you are going to have to yourself repent for marrying this man. Yeah. Because you married him for an escape, and so you you jumped out of the fire plan or the fire pan and went right into the fire. So the first thing is that mm-hmm. you're gonna have to repent because you want God to intervene on something you created. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, 
money or no money, most cities have shelters for women and wonderful services that will take care of domestic violence. So let me tell you who I am. I am not the preacher that's going to tell you to stay with your husband and hope God work it out. My Bible tells me that Jesus um, Moses allowed divorce, and Jesus endorsed Moses' decision for the hardness of the man's heart. That means abuse. Yeah. So if your husband is abusive, and, and and I'm going to go the distance on this because I was an abused wife when I first got married, so you're not talking about a woman who doesn't know what it feels like to be terrified when they come in the door, okay? So yeah. you're not talking to that lady. You're talking about another lady. Now, I was, and I'm going to tell you what, I had to leave it. Now, so let me tell you this. Your decision to stay with your husband, the reason you gave me is not the truth. It is mm-hmm. the obvious, but it is not the truth. I want you to call for some counsel. We have um, two things I want you to do. We have a wonderful counselor who can help you with this. We probably have a couple by now because my numbers keep growing. But we have a wonderful counselor who can help you get to the root of this. Because the reason you're staying with your husband is not money, it's not material. I know it sounds like mm-hmm. it is, but that's a convenient answer. And we all stay in situations that we think are preserving us in another area using convenient reasons. That's number one. Number two, mm-hmm. your children deserve better. They deserve a mom that will fight for them. Mm-hmm. Now, I want you to hear me, baby, because this is, I mean, trust me, all of those thoughts and everything, I'm there with you on that. But when it's all said and done, you have got to realize your children deserve better. And they deserve a mom that will get up and fight, will get that job or whatever else. But until then, you need to seek help. You need to get out of that house. And I'll tell you one thing I've learned about an abusive husband. If they don't have a reason to change, they don't change. They must be, yeah. they mu- literally, abusive husbands must be acted out, acted on by an outside force. An outside force has got to snap him out of it. Because for in somewhere in his whole, even in this Christ thing, somewhere you have become the enemy that he is targeting. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't see you as a wife. He doesn't see you as a woman. He doesn't see any of those obvious things everybody else sees. He doesn't even see you as weaker in the sense of just being something that he can, He literally sees you as an enemy and an agent of his unhappiness. You are the, mm-hmm. you are the reason he's unhappy. You hear it every day. I'm telling you, it goes on. It's not going to stop. So I'm going to pray for your deliverance because there are, there are a number of addictions that are tied to an abusive relationship tons of addictions, Mm -hmm. and you don't even recognize them. But I want you, when you're done, I want you to call and sign up for an advisement. But I want, when I'm praying, I'm praying for you to begin to not think about using the reasons to stay. My reasons for stay is because I don't have a job, and I don't have a career, and I don't have this, and I don't, I don't, I don't. But not once did you talk about your kids who are terrified every day. Every day. Your children live in fear every day, and they don't know what they did to deserve it. I'm going to call on a new dimension of your motherhood. Is that okay for me to say that? Yeah. It's scary. I want to call on a new dimension of your motherhood because your children deserve a peaceful home, and they deserve a mom that's willing to do what it takes to make it happen. I'm telling you, I've lived this myself. And and the one thing that made me walk away, and it was horrible, was when I found my two-year-old 
slammed in a closet and locked up, and I didn't know where she was. And I, I remember being a, a young woman, and I remember this thought crossed my mind. I made this decision. She did not, and she should mm-hmm. not have to suffer from my decision. So I'm, ask, I'm, so I'm not talking about a woman who hasn't lived it. I can, you know, it, it got crazy. But I'm saying to you these words, and I want you to hear me. The moment mm-hmm. your children become the reason you leave instead of your lack becoming the reason you stay, you will walk out of that door and nobody can bring you back. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk to you about that later on. You understand? So because let me tell you something, 13 years, you could have gone and got a high school diploma. You could have gotten a college degree over the Internet. In today's time, you could have done a lot of things to change this. That's why I know that's not the reason you're staying. Mm-hmm. But we have to find out what that reason is because there is a reason that's beyond all of that because too many women have walked away and created other lives. No, there is something else, and I'm thinking it's in your childhood, but there's something else. I'm very, the- I'm very scared. Um my dad uh there's no no man around that would help me um to stop him because he already said you're not going anywhere well i break that he, I don't care what he does. He can't. He, he doesn't have. Let me tell you something. I have had people watch Jesus deliver deliver people with literal mob contracts on their life. So if, when I pray, that's over. But I will. But you have got to decide. This is not about him. This is about what you're willing to do. Yeah. Because there are organizations in our country. Bless God for America for all of our issues and ails. We still have some good stuff that we can rely on, and we are good at rescuing. One thing I do know about our country, we are, that's why we're in trouble. We're good at rescuing, okay? So I'm saying to you, I want you to make the decision to get your family to a safe place. That's number one. And that's a decision you must make. I can't help you make it, but at the very least, talk to someone in your area who, who can help you do this. I don't live in that area, so I don't have any idea what all of that is about. But there are people mm-hmm. in that area. I know people, if you're interested. That's why I want you to call yeah. us afterwards. But I'm going to pray right now. And what I'm going to pray okay. is this. I don't believe a devil going to call death on God's kids, so we are going to do that. Father, in the holy name of Jesus Christ, I thank you for Rachel. I thank you for her family. I thank you for her children. Lord, the first thing we're going to do is cancel the assignment of abuse that Satan has put on her life and on her household. I rise up against you in my seat of authority, Satan, and I say that assignment you have on the destruction of this woman, the death sentence on her life, is null and void. You may not touch her. You may not harm her again. God, we thank you for dispatching angels in that house to push back on this devil. I thank you, Lord, for binding this man up, binding his rage, binding its sources, God, and beginning to deal with him in his sleep. Whatever it takes, God, to back him down, we release you to do it for the safety of this woman and the safety of these children. God, I thank you for delivering him. God, I thank you for, for, for sending him places to deliver him. And I thank you, Lord, that you find the men who can level him off the way he needs to be. Because right now, God, he needs a couple of bull elephants to pull him back down out of this high place that he set himself. You will no longer assault this woman. Satan, I bind your work. You cannot curse her out. You cannot call her dirty names. You cannot antagonize and intimidate her at all. In 
this yoke of bondage on her life in Jesus' name. And God, I thank you for sending in rescuers, caretakers, providers, and protectors, Lord, to cover this woman and every other woman under the sound of my voice who is dealing with this issue. And God, I thank you that the, the spirit of the abusive husband looses this man and that you break him, bring him to utter tears that he can begin to see the sorrow and the horrors he causes. And Lord, I thank you for doing it in Jesus' name. Now, we until we can get her where she needs to be, we station angels in your house to guard you and restrain him. I put a restraining force on him by the Holy Ghost that even when he threatens, he can't carry out. When he attempts to go forward, he's pushed back on. And God, when he lifts his hand, he cannot hear. He cannot voice what he feels and the hostility in him, God. I'm asking that you will purge it from his being. By the blood of the Lamb, cleanse him. And Lord, he needs a confidence. He needs someone that he can tell what's going on. And then, Lord, I thank you for giving this family powerful counseling. If we can redeem the family, let's do so. And if we can't, God, let's divide it and be done with it. Now, Lord, I'm praying this wife. Lord, I need you to take fear out of her heart and out of her soul. I need you to cause her to see herself in a different light as a productive, capable, and literally uh, potential provider for her family. God, this whole idea that because she hasn't done, she can't. God, I'm asking that you get to the root of the truth, because that's not the truth, but that you get to the root of the truth to set this captive soul free in the name of Jesus. We break all of those childhood nonsensical things that you had. We break all of that pretty girl kind of thing that makes us think that we're going to have the right thing and it's going to happen right away and, and this one is going to happen. We give you your life back and we give you an opportunity to make something of yourself other than a punching bag. And we thank God for sending women and leaders into your life who will begin to take care of you and, and begin to bring you into purpose. Now, Lord, cover them with the blood of the Lamb. Lord, I thank you for covering this family and those children. God, begin to minister to those terrified kids. Lord, these memories will stay in their lives forever. And, Lord, if, so we ask that you would give them a new set of memories, that these memories won't define their adulthood and they won't define their future relationships. This family needs counseling and cuddling, God. It needs coaching and coaxing, and I'm asking for you to do it all by, by your Holy Spirit, by sending in your agents, your representatives, your healers, your ministers to get it done. And we bless you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Rachel, do me a favor, sweetheart. Hold on, baby. Do me a favor, okay? Mm-hmm. I need you to go to the website, and drpaulaprice.com. I want you to click check and advisement, you need more than what just happened here. Don't think this is it. This is like the emergency room shot. You still need treatment, a lot of therapy. God is a God of love and forgiveness. He wants to heal your family, but you yourself have got to be ready to become part of his change process for your life. Okay. All right. It's hard, baby, but we can do this. So go there. We want to walk you through this, and we can if you will give us an opportunity to do so, okay? I will. Thank you. You're welcome, beloved. Bye-bye. Bye. Prophet Ashley. All right, Dr. Price. Next up we have 
Michael from Connecticut. Mike is calling in today. Dr. Price, he would like some prayer for, uh, from you, general prayer, prayer for the next phase of his ministry calling and prayer to break through in his economy um, since he, of course, closed down his tattoo shop. You know, that devil's been wrestling with him a little bit. So, Mike, welcome back to the Paul Price Show. Hello, Dr. Price. How are you today? I am fine, Michael. How are you? I'm good for the most part, and I'm just needing prayer to get through the next phase of my ministry to level up, if you will. He is, and I got another job. Thankful for that. I just, and it's been a little bit rough. And well, it sounds like it is. It sounds like you're a little bit shaken, but you know we can handle that, Michael. Tell me first of all, what is your, um, what do you see as your ministry, Michael? Um, actually, I believe that I'm a prophetic intercessor. Um, okay. And to minister the gospel to those that are lost. So that's okay. I, so, so, you know, I'm I'm, I'm concluding um, that we had Mar- your your neck of the woods has got some bad <laughs> telephone reception. But anyhow, let me let's walk this through because I. I I happen to think that you are definitely on the right track with that. I um I know you took our assessment. Is that true? Yes. So did yes, you I... ever get on a program? Say again. Did you ever get on a program? Um, no, I did not uh, go to one of your programs, but I did take the assessment. I got the assessment. It was very insightful and very knowledgeable, actually pretty on point with everything at that stage. I will be taking it again because I know that I have grown and developed a lot since I take assessment. Okay, but you say you want to go on with your ministry. How do you plan to do that? Well, I'm, right now I at my church, we do have a um, uh Serious classes on prophetic uh, training and and learning that much more of the word. And I'm thinking of uh, entering the uh, biblical studies. Okay, so then I guess what I'm trying to say is, if you're in school now, because the, the classic reality is that if you're in school, school you're preparing for a future. Is that right? Yes. Yes. So then. There really is no room for a present ministry pursuit other than whatever this program requires. Would you agree? Okay. Yes. Okay. And that's number one. Number two, if you're saying you're called to be a prophetic, um, you said you're called to be prophetic and you feel like you're called to be apostolic, um, that's a whole different set of rules. And a whole different general education is just going to get you started. And it's just going to, you know, so if there is a corporate plan or corporate a program intact, that's going to be fine. But if you're called to those to do what you're saying, then you're going to have to get with somebody who's doing it. And you're going to have to have a program where there's an outlet to get it done beyond, you know, whatever it is that you're called to do in your church. That's just bottom line. And so I can pray, and I'll pray a general prayer. I think you're going to see a more immediate response for your money than you're going to see for your ministry. Which probably won't break your heart. I can't hear you. Would you say it again? Yeah, I, I, I would like prayer and um 
and I feel my ministry is is very important at this stage in this region for the people that I meet and come in contact with. And I I feel drawn to to pray for people. I feel drawn to to help those that need to be helped. And I just want to be able to stand continuously flat-footed in everything that God has shown me of myself over the years. You know, one of the things I would say to you, Michael, the first thing I would tell you is that you need to make it here in November. I don't care whether your church does or not, because you don't know what you don't know because you haven't seen it. That's number one. So you're you're going after somebody else's um, paintbrush and schematic of ministry, but you can't tell me what God called you to do. You can tell me what you feel. You can tell me what you think. But what God actually built you to do and made you to do and, and what he has laid out for you or at least sketched out for you, because your destiny is a sketch until you're able to enter it and make it a portrait and then make it a structure. So you need to be here in November because part of why God is not responding to you is because you have to know why God made you give up your business. And it's not just religious reasons. And so, you know, you, you did well in that. So that's the first thing. You, I don't care what anybody said. I'm saying this boldly as the person that you called into today, you need to come. Because prayer, you, you know, we have a rule in our organization, don't ask for prayer that you don't want to go through the process of. That's number one. And prayer is supposed to have a product. The whole purpose of Amen. prayer is to produce something. So I'm going to pray the general prayer because you should have that. I'm going to pray about your money. But I'm telling you, the way you are thinking, and I'm speaking from the Holy Ghost right now, you are totally oblivious to what God is doing in your life. You're, you know, you, and, and I mean, everything you say is a potpourri. I'm going to do a little of this, a little of that. You got a little buffet going on here, a little potpourri going over there. But you have no path. You have no track. You have no focus. You have no direction. And yet you're saying God called you to one or both of the highest office in his kingdom. If you were called to, the one, uh, to, to one or two of the first or second highest office in America or in any country, what would be your preparation path? Well, I would have to think? get to yeah, I would have to I would have to get the knowledge to to be in those specific offices and things that I was called to. And you know what else and, you would need? It would have to be in the schools that can make it happen. You couldn't go to the community college, you couldn't go to the adult program at night, the after school program. You couldn't do any of those things because you would not make the connections or get the exposure that you need to step into that realm. You know, and I'm saying this to you, but I'm also talking to the people who are listening, my beloved, because these, you know, the church has given the impression that your, your, your homegrown homeschooling can make you ready for kingdom business, and that's not necessarily the case. If you're in a, 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 did you listen? Uh, maybe you have. But go back and listen to what I talked about apostles last week. But if you're caught, if you really think, and you just said, I really think that I have a genuine call, and I, I agree, I clearly agree, it's in your voice, but if you really think that, then you're going to be a lot more focused and a lot more defined about it. You're right. And I do know that, like, the, the specific office in itself, you know, is is prophetic. And 
throughout my life I've been told so many different things, how I'm a seer and how I'm prophetic and how I'm a pastor and all these things. And to to hone in on the one because I get hit with a lot of different revelations. I minister to people, and it's, it seems like it's all coming at once, if you will. Yeah, but you're casual. You're, do, you're, you're, you're doing casual service. See, real officers don't yield to the casual. They are disconcerned. They're very concerned about getting it wrong. They're very concerned about leading people to the wrong place. They're very concerned about lack of accountability. They're very concerned about lack of, of skills and competence. They're concerned. I know an officer by what they tell me they're doing. And believe now, you, uh, uh, Apostle uh, Christ. I, I, okay. Let me finish. I know okay. a gift by what they say they're showing. And the gift is always going to talk about I'm hitting these ran- I'm always random, I'm always on the side of the road, I'm picking up people wherever I meet people. Do you realize a professional doctor can go to jail for that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, you, we don't, when you're in a, a official capacity, you have a sense of the institution and the office, its credibility, and its founder's credibility and re- reputation. So you can say I'm doing all of that, and that's fine. But if somebody decides to say, you know what, I met this man named Michael, and he told me so-and-so and so-and-so, and I did it, and then my life blew up, where, do, where does one go? Well, they're going to go to your trainer. They're going to go to your, your authorizer. And so my, my, my concern is this. I don't question your call to the prophetic. I think I told you that when I was there. I don't question it one bit. But if you want it to be a serious high call, the high call that God talked about, then you're going to have to think very differently about it. There is an ecclesial prophet, that prophet that just works in the church circles, and then there is the kingdom prophet. There is an organizational prophet. There's a marketplace prophet. But all of those are different dispensers or different um, branches of the same divine communication service. But if you're talking about operating your gifts, gifts are always presented as casual, temporary, freelance, and ad hoc. Well, if they call on me, I got a word. Officers don't. People, I don't go into meetings and talk to people like that. Are you kidding me? Unless God gives me a particular word, I won't do it. And if I do, it's only because of somebody that I know is not in the church and God wants to get them straight. But, but I still care about the institution, and I still care about the, um, the uh, organization. So I'm not challenging you. You have to know that. I'm not challenging your calling. What I'm saying is that by the degree of, of, of professional attention and requirements you give it, that will say whether or not you will operate as a gift in the church, running around the church and running around with other Christian circles, or whether you're going to be useful to God for the kingdom. And that's my my plan, and that's what I desire, to be useful for his kingdom and this world. Um, but then sometimes, I must case. admit, I get, I get a little bit scared and nervous when I – I, I hear the Holy Spirit speak to me, and, and and I don't want to make a mistake, and I don't want to, and I will not make a mistake when it comes to, you know, delivering a message to someone that's from the kingdom. I, I want to be absolutely sure, and sometimes I feel as though that I don't have enough training to do what God is requiring me to do. Well, you I mean, don't. For what, you know, you don't. You know, because let me tell you, Bible study and, and a full program, two different things. I want to see you here in November. If you're serious, I will see you in November. 
and you're going to see the difference in an environment that is not church. It's not church. It is about the professional discharge of these offices. It's about the professional calling. That's number one. Number two, you have got to know that there are at least 14 filters you need to have before you decide saying, I know this is God. And the average prophet can't. The average prophet can't even tap into the spirit of truth because there's something in the spirit of culture, the spirit of doctrine, the spirit of theology, the spirit of religion. They still don't know what the spirit of truth is talking about as the creator is uttering it. But you need that training. And so I would suggest that you reconsider training and reconsider and consider where you're going to be trained and who can get you ready for what God called you to do. Because not everybody, every school is for everybody. Not everybody's jail material. But likewise, not everybody is community college material either. And so you have to, and that's a decision you must make. Nobody can make that call for you but the Holy Ghost and you. But I'm saying to you, your warfare is also, might also be tied, well, I'm going to say is, is tied to you getting where God needs you to be to get you ready for what he calls you to become. Many people are in warfare because they're just not on track with where God wants them to be trained. Oh, to get ready. That's many people. So that's number one. Number two, I want to pray for your job because God said that there are some interests that he wants to sow into your heart for you to make more money. And, and the first thing you're going to have to do is, and it's hard. Trust me, I did it because I walked out on my job. You know, when I told the story at the event, folks were like, really? Yeah, I walked out on my job. And my job was a high-paying job, okay? And I walked out on it for the Lord. So I know that, oh, my God, you mean to tell me there's no pot of gold at the parking lot when I get to my car? I know that. I, I live that. But if you're called to be one of these offices, you also are going to learn that it is your job to create an economy for yourself that can be passed on or disseminated to others as well. Ex Nihilo is our name. We got to make something out of nothing. And I've had to do that and have done it for the last 35 years. So we need to find out what that looks like for you. So you probably want to get a prophetic advisement that will help you. Meanwhile, I'm going to pray for you to, to do it because many people, we walk out on the jobs. I know I did, and maybe some other people not so much, but I'm going to speak about my story right now. Walk out on a job, and you really do think God has this pot of gold waiting for you when you get to the parking lot. And then if it's not at the parking lot, surely it's home. Well, okay, it's going to come in the mail. You don't believe that God literally wants you to create, to pull from his reserves personally what you need to manifest to replace what you walked away from. But you're going to have to stop bemoaning walking away from it. That, that blocks your creativity, and it blocks your innovations. So you want to stop bemoaning it. Stop saying, you know, I had to do this. No, just I had the privilege of walking out on sin, because as long as you bemoan, you're not really penitent. You really don't understand why it was a problem. Right. So God needs, yeah, so God needs you to stop that and begin to seek his face for what he's going to do and to know that God will do better. That's why I said to you, you need to be here. You need to know God can do better than that. I don't care how big the Satan is. He's still on borrowed time on God's leftover and on God's, you know, residue, much of his refuge. So we got, it's an attitudinal change, and that's something else that's important in your development. 
Because education is not just to develop your mind or to give you information, but it is to change your consciousness so that you have the attitude of that which you are pursuing and becoming. So, uh, for example, a class prophet is not going to say anything like that. A classic prophet is going to say, devil, you're not going to tell me God can't do this. uh -uh, Because God is a faithful God. I'm coming against it. Ain't nobody standing in my way but the devil. Nobody's holding me up. But, see, a real prophet doesn't take down. And they can't because they've had an encounter with God, such as the one you described, that persuades them differently. Amen. And that's why I, I continue to uh, move forward, you know, and with yeah, everything that I've. I... But you're moving yourself. You're moving self-propelled, self-will. You still don't know what God is doing in your life. You still don't know how He's going to use you. You don't know all of those key factors that give you faith and courage. You know, we come to God by faith, which is Rhema, but we stay with God with the logo, the logic of His way. When God starts making sense to us, we then see, oh, yeah, well, that was really good. What I mean, I, I just got through going through, uh, what's his name, Job. And Job said, well, I was talking about you from the hearing of the ear. Now I've met you myself, and I am ashamed. And so I want you to think differently. This is not a put that I'm trying to give you and my listeners a broader perspective because we all have the local church mentality of these offices, and it's wrong. The church didn't exist when these offices came into existence. There was no church. There was no congregation. There was no pastor. They, they, we didn't even have rogue apostles because we were trying to get the new ones out there. The one rogue we had, he, he died. We, we didn't have rogue prophets because God had already closed out that office. There are some logics that will help you stand and fight the fight if you make some good quality decisions about your education. So I'm not going to belabor the point because I know I'm going to be getting something from Prophet Ashley in about a minute because she always does that to me. But I strongly encourage you to get an advisement. If you're serious about what you're going to do, you need to get on a program that is going to get you there, not one that's going to fill you with a bunch of food. You are not at a buffet. You are on path to becoming a very high official in the kingdom of God. So that's very different. And that's not buffet food. That's organic food. And so you really need to do that. And then the last thing is um, I'm going to pray for your finances, but I want you to recognize you've got to stop bemoaning what you gave up for Jesus Christ because he's like, are you kidding? Moses gave up the whole realm of Egypt. We have yet to give up a realm. And the Bible says he he actually considered the, the humilities and the sufferings of Christ to be more valuable to him than the whole of Egypt. Now, if Moses hadn't done his job, God would have found somebody else to take out Egypt. But guess what? Moses would not have been in history today. So you've got to stop that. And that's, that's my last word on that subject. Holy Ghost, we thank you. Father, we thank you. We bless you. God, I thank you for Michael. He's a powerful man, messenger, visionary. And, Lord, I thank you that you would get him under the right wings, wherever they are, the wings you've ordained, because right is only what you ordained. And so, God, I thank you for getting him under the wings that you ordained, under the coverings and the development path that you ordained. And, God, make him hungry for it. Make him not content with what he's done, but make him hungry for what you want and the way you want to do it. And I'm asking you to bless his finances, meet every need according to your riches and glory. 
by Christ Jesus. Bless him to enter the, the truth chamber with you, that chamber of truth that gives him the answers he seeks that only his Father in heaven can deposit in his soul. And I say, hey, thank you, God, for doing it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, too. God bless. Bye-bye. Well, Prophet Ashley? 20 seconds. Well, in 20 seconds, I can say to you, have a great afternoon. Have a great lunch period, if it's still your lunch time. And join me tonight for Prophetic Ed for us to really dig into some things. I made some very profound statements uh, today on that call. Would love to hear your thoughts on it, your feedback, and any other questions and concerns you may have. I will address them this evening. So send them to me so we can talk about them. God bless you. See you at 8 p.m. tonight, Central Time, for Prophetic Ed. Goodbye. Thank you for tuning in to the Paula Price Show. Become a financial supporter today by visiting www.drpaulaaprice.com and click on Show a Seed. Donate today.